So to me, the point of Women's History Month is to recognize that our society is more than one story. We are more than one gender, more than one color, more than one background or religion. Our country's story is more diverse and inclusive than we typically learn in school. This is intersectional feminism, understanding how all our labels, black, white, poor, immigrant, native, gay, straight, trans, Muslim, Christian, Unitarian Universalist, work together to create our unique experiences, both positive and negative. Feminism is not just for women. Women's rights are not just for women. Reproductive justice is not just for women. Women's History Month is not just for women. While for far too long the faces of these movements were, and often still are, white, straight, cisgendered, feminism is for everybody. Women's rights are for everybody. Reproductive justice is for everybody. Women's History Month is for everybody. It's been proven time and again that when women do better, the world does better. In societies with high gender equality, peace is more predictable, economies thrive, relationships are happier, and children flourish. We saw a sliver of this recognized in 1909, when the Socialist Party of America celebrated the first National Women's Day. The following year, the International Socialist Women's Conference moved for it to become a global and annual celebration. Through the 1900s, International Women's Day spread through Europe and Russia and into China. In the 1960s, second wave feminists brought renewed energy to the day, focusing it on gender equality and reproductive rights. And in 1977, the United Nations formally set March 8th as International Women's Day, a day for women's rights and world peace. This day eventually spawned a week, first recognized by President Jimmy Carter in 1980, and in 1981, Congresswoman Barbara Mikowski and Senator Orrin Hatch, yes, the same one, <laughs> co-sponsored and with bipartisan support established the Congressional Resolution for National Women's Week. Individually, states turned this week into a month, and in 1987, Congress declared March National Women's History Month in perpetuity. Each year since, the president issues a proclamation at the beginning of the month. Yes, that even happened this year, and I will read for you some of the best words from this year's proclamation. <laughs> this month, we honor women who have fought for equality and against the status quo, and who have broken the bonds of discrimination, partiality, and injustice for the benefit of all. Throughout our history, women have dedicated their lives to achieving equal rights for all Americans. We remember all the American women, past and present, who have inspired and empowered today's women to advocate for their beliefs and pursue their dreams without hesitation. People should really read what they sign. <laughs> As I prepared for this sermon, I kept returning to the word celebration. How do I celebrate when I think the world, specifically our country at this point in time, is kind of a giant dumpster fire? I asked my therapist, 
who says I tend to focus on the undone and negative. How I was supposed to do this. She said, appreciating movement is how we propel ourselves forward. And we were both a little taken aback at how profound that was. So I will say it again. Appreciating movement is how we propel ourselves forward. Celebrating helps us stay resilient and makes us hopeful. So we will celebrate. There are, no doubt, things to celebrate. In January, the United States swore in the most women and the most racially and ethnically diverse Congress. At last count, and this could have changed in the hour we've been here, six women have announced they're running for the Democratic presidential nominee for 2020. Worldwide, there are also things to celebrate that happened within this last year. Some things seem really small, like women driving in Saudi Arabia. But, but think of how much freedom came when you got your driver's license. And some things are big, like Ireland repealing its Eighth Amendment, paving the way for legalized abortion in a country which had one of the strictest abortion bans in the world. New Zealand's Prime Minister, Jacinda Ardern, gave birth while in office, only the second world leader to do so, and she became the first world leader to take maternity leave. That new mama also just banned military-style semi-automatic weapons. Assault rifles and high-capacity magazines. This latest action by Arden reminds me of the famous Margaret Thatcher quote, if you want something said, ask a man. If you want something done, ask a woman. <laughs> Jacinda Arden, Margaret Thatcher, Alice Walker, and Audre Lorde, whose words we read earlier in the service. These are women to celebrate. We need to know these women's names. Speaking in a Unitarian Universalist church on a celebration of Women's Sunday, I think it's important that I mention at least a few, you, a few UU women who made history, and I am grateful that our religious tradition is full and continues to be full of them. I'm including a quote from each because people should be able to tell their stories in their own words when possible. In 1863, Universalist minister Olympia Brown was the first woman whose ordination was recognized by any religious tradition. Brown worked with Susan B. Anthony and Lucy Stone, and later Alice Paul and Lucy Burns on securing the women's right to vote. In her own words, she said, the grandest thing has been lifting up the gates and the opening of the doors to the women of America, giving liberty to 27 million women thus opening to them a new and larger life and a higher ideal. There is also Frances Ellen Watkins Harper, who was an African-American abolitionist, suffragist, poet, teacher, public speaker, and writer before, during, and after the Civil War. She was an intersectional feminist before the term was even a thing. Her work covered slavery, women's rights, racial injustice, voting rights, 
multiracial cooperation, just to name a few. Frances Ellen Watkins Harper said, we are all bound up together in one great bundle of humanity, and society cannot trample on the weakest and feeblest of its members without receiving the curse in its own soul. She knew about the interconnected web. And one more, Fanny Barrier Williams. When she was little, her black family attended an all-white church in New York. As a teacher, she moved to Missouri and was astounded by the racism she encountered. She found herself forever dedicated to racial justice and women's rights. She associated with both Frederick Douglass and Booker T. Washington and was the only African-American invited to eulogize Susan B. Anthony when Anthony died in 1907. Fanny Barrier Williams said, social evils are dangerously contagious. The fixed policy of persecution and injustice against a class of women who are weak and defenseless will be necessarily hurtful to the cause of all women. Olympia Brown, Frances Ellen Watkins Harper, Fanny Barrier Williams, these are, really, these are women to celebrate. In our congregation, we also have women to celebrate. Our minister is a woman. In 2019, there are still multiple religious traditions that do not allow women to be ministers or to even hold leadership positions. We also have teachers and lawyers, counselors, master gardeners, board members of the church, founding members of local organizations, mothers, daughters, debaters, writers, and sisters. These are women and girls to celebrate. And when we all pause in our celebration, we work. We have letters to write and emails to send off, meetings to go to, and sometimes meals to cook for those meetings, marches to attend, patients to escort, and for many of us, children to raise for a more just and equal society. What does more just and more equal look like? One idea, and it's been a long time coming, is for our country to finally pass the Equal Rights Amendment. which reads, equality of rights under the law shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of sex. Once upon a time, surely not that long ago, our very own Susan Caldwell had a poster that read, walls do not a prison make, nor iron bars a jail, but till the ERA is won, we're only out on bail. <laughs> In 1972, Hawaii ratified the ERA in less than an hour. Can Louisiana do it after 47 years? <laughs> State Senator J.P. Morrill is proposing a Senate concurrent resolution to ratify the ERA on the opening day of the 2019 legislative session. A new, I'll give you more information. A new group, the LA Ratify ERA Coalition recently formed to support Morell's proposal and is made up of more than 20 Louisiana-based organizations, including now Shreveport Bossier. I urge you to join the LA Ratify ERA Coalition and get ratified, finally. So being completely honest, I really struggled to put together today's service. For weeks, I read and scribbled and started and stopped 
and deleted and retyped, how can I possibly say everything I want to say? How can I include all the important things? And I had to just admit that I, I can't. This is just a quick snapshot of what I want you to know. I hope today's service encourages you to seek out more information about women's history, about intersectional feminism, about the Equal Rights Amendment, learn women's stories, learn their names, and take time to listen and learn from people who don't look like me or like you. I will leave you with the words of the woman who is currently getting all the last words in, the formidable Congresswoman from New York's 14th District, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. It is never beyond hope. It is never too broken to fix. We will be here, and we are going to rock the world. Thank you.